Welcome to the Seed World Innovation Podcast Series, where I get to sit down with true innovators in the field. Seed, seed treatment, seed enhancement, seed equipment, all with a global footprint. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thanks for stopping by today. I am super excited to be here with Rob McClelland, who is the Managing Director for Maristem. Welcome to the show. Sean, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be on with Seed World and connect with your audience and have a chat with you today. Well, I'm really glad to have you here because I think I mentioned this to you earlier that I'm just fascinated by your name. I'm not a, a biology guy by any stretch of imagination. I'm the communications guy and I love the name. So sooner or later, I'm going to draw out of you how you guys came up with the name. But first, I just want to kick off. Can you just give us a little bit of a, of a, of a run through, maybe the 411 on what we need to know? You bet, Sean. Uh, we've been in business a couple of years. We're relatively new to the market, but have a team that's been tossed around U.S. and North American agriculture for some time. We are a direct-to-farm crop inputs company. We're a direct-to-farm business that's very focused on really the crop input additive space, which is about $3 billion. We're excited about the space, Sean. All the things you report on, all the things that you know so well, there's so much research and development coming into technologies on the seed or close to the seed. And it's our mission in life to help farmers win and do that in a way that is more efficient. And um, we've had some initial success. We're on over a million and a half acres in our first full crop year. So that's, that's what we're about. We're trying to bring products that farmers widely use using a dealer network to the farm gate in a way that uh, cuts out a couple steps and bring unique value in terms of price and, and market opportunity to those folks that spend a lot of time out on the farm. You know, Rob, it's interesting. As I was hearing your explanation there, I was thinking back to, and, and I think this is as little as four or five years ago, when you would have been called a snake oil salesman. Right. 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 And the distance that we've come and, and the demand that is out there now for these seed applied technologies is just literally through the roof because the efficacy is there. So you guys are, are kind of two years in now. What have you seen even change in the last two years? I think the things we're seeing with farmers and dealers that support farmers directly are our speed, the amount of time and resource and labor that it takes for a farm business, a production farmer, to, to be successful it has changed. The pencil has gotten really, really sharp. I think that surviving farmers and farm businesses know that some of the hard chemistry we've used in the past is under attack. I think we don't have to look very far even today to see that with an active bill in, our, in the U.S. Congress questioning some of our hard technologies that we know are safe, but we're going to have to work harder for social license. So I think that understanding, I think we've seen in just the last two years additional pressure on how we use nitrogen and how we use other macro nutrients. And I would say if you look at the categories of seed treatments, infero technologies, fuller micronutrients, biologicals, things that go on spray tanks to help keep herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides where they're supposed to go, it all kind of comes together. I think you're seeing the ability for nanotechnology and other technologies to create really low-use rate additives and active ingredients that are showing great outcomes for farmers, either 
Maybe it's not always yield. It could be more convenience. It could be for things that help them reduce the need for labor. It could be things that help them uh, produce more with less. It seems to me that there is a, a, a bit of a balancing act going on right now in the industry where uh, we've got seed companies, we've got dealers, we've got farmers all looking to expand their margin without taking shortcuts. So yeah. I, I think we see we hear a lot of uh, silver bullet claims uh, out, out in the world these days, but the the research that I've done, the digging that I've done, suggests that you guys aren't looking to kind of short the system. You're looking to come up with products that actually move the needle. It, like, am I barking up the right tree? You're you're, you're on it. Um, so so our business model starts with. Um, our, our belief, and if you look at my partner, Mitch Eviston, and our CFO, Rod Schroeder, and, and, and our team that's come together, uh, about 40 cents of every dollar that a, a farmer spends today for a crop input is really pays for the channel. Okay, so step one, there's, there's got to be a better way to get crop inputs to farmers. And we are not focused on seed or fertility or herbicide, insecticide, fungicide. We're very focused in, a, in five areas. And first of all, farmers have, and, and, and local seed dealers have trucks, they have warehouses, they have spray equipment, they have infro systems on planters. That's happening. What has to happen next, Sean, and I'll get to the product question, is those farmers that have chosen to decouple how they make decisions from where they buy and that have invested in the infrastructure on their own farm and diversified must now, especially in a sub $4, sub $350 corn environment as a proxy, let's say, the, the need and the requirement, the math is just math. They have to reduce the cost of production, but they cannot give up bushels. So if you've invested in infrastructure, you one thing, one of many, but one thing you, you, you can do is to reduce the distribution and public warehouse costs and go take products that you know work from the manufacturer on one truck to your farm. Because most of these farms also have a heated warehouse or a heated shop. So that infrastructure has just shifted from what used to be a less integrated system to a system where the economics are such that these large producers have that infrastructure, they can take that infrastructure spend and reduce. So that's, that's regardless of what product there is. And we're very focused on first, starting with widely used products that pr frankly, Sean have been in the market for a really long time. There's tremendous, the next thing I would say, once you kind of get your head around all right, let's not spend 40 cents on a dollar on, on, on off-patent technology that we can just have direct ship to our warehouse. I got a warehouse guy or gal. I've got a forklift. I got seven trucks sitting out back. I've got two sprayers, a Hagee, and a, you know. So let's take that out. Now, once you deploy that model, and that can be done stone tablet over the internet or a phone call. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's not real. It's really about the model and then technology enables it. The second part is once you've come to that piece is okay. 
how, how, what products, what should be there? What, what, what do I, do I believe that there's patented chemistry that is so much better than widely available off-patent chemistry that it's a net game changer for my farming operation? And I ask all your viewers and you to think back over the last five or 10 years, and what is the one game-changing technology that absolutely changed how you do business? It's a, I, I think of glyphosate resistance. I think of the, 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 the genetically modified traits that have added so much value. But past that, uh, maybe some of the equipment technology, of course, has been amazing, the self-steering. But it's a short list. So, so point one is don't spend 40 cents on a dollar. You don't need to. Secondly, are you really getting enough output with patented products that really are worth the value that they're being asked for? Is there, is there other? So we would say parity, number two. So channel parity. Number three is uh, what products should be in our portfolio. We, we today have a lot of products in our portfolio that are, Frankly, Sean, have been used since Moby Dick was a minnow. I mean, they've been around. They're well-tested. They're, they're known. Um, we, we plan on growing that portfolio. Um, we have, um, uh, we'll have our eye very, very closely on some of the novel and re reformulated biologicals combined with synthetics to help farmers reduce their environmental footprint and kill bugs, weeds, and diseases faster or better, but we got to see that it's faster and better first. So that's a long-winded question to your, our, our strategy around on, on products. So. Right. And, and so if products is one potential differentiator, but, but it sounds to me that it's more around the model. So if, if, yes. if you had a potential dealer sitting in front of you right now, what would you tell him is that, is that one thing that separates you from the, from the rest? From a dealer perspective, it's the opportunity to take um, 30 or 40 points of share that has been stranded in a antiquated multi-step distribution layer and get paid for that last step, that last step of the personal relationship and the local support that only a local dealer can provide. So from a pure business perspective, take advantage of this shift driven by the math and the economics, extend your current seed portfolio, let's say, and add to it a product line that you probably are better positioned to deliver than the, the current, the, the traditional, uh, the traditional method. So the one thing I'd say, this is a tremendous business opportunity for you to extend your existing line. Well said, who, who isn't looking for that? You know, right now, I think we all are trying to find new ways to create value. Um, you know, the team here that's been brought together at Maristem has been uh, intimately involved in, in agriculture. It's the, it's the thing we have energy for. It's what we care about for about 30 years collectively across the board. And as we're out in the country, um, I think this current economic, probably the ongoing economic environment, is, um, has, has uh, both dealers, I'll call them um, farm gate dealers. That's the word I'd like to use because there's a big difference. Uh, 
And I think FarmGate dealers that carry seed and sell seed to farmers, uh, you know, I we've looked back at some of the multinationals that have made acquisitions, maybe 20, 30% trying to buy share, and it really hasn't worked. It's it's people that have brands that are trusted and that have a dealer network that shows up and delivers. Um, so um, that's kind of where we're excited. And, and this this need to diversify income, uh, both at the dealer and the farm gate, are I think pretty exciting. What well, what would you or what are your thoughts? I'm sure you've spent plenty of time thinking about this. The amount that we're putting on to seed these days just keeps ratcheting up and up and up and up and up. And that's not going to, that's not going to decrease anytime soon. The, the closer you can get to the seed, the better off we are. We, we know that. What have, has your team been thinking about as, as we explore down that path, any kind of logical ideas or, or new thoughts coming around? Uh, one of our board of advisors is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Kessberg with Advanced Agrolytics, one of our board members. Uh, we're in deep discussions with that organization. We're in deep discussions with a couple other, um, you know, um, organizations. If you think of the planter as an assembly line in the future, as almost the most important piece of equipment uh, out there, one of the most at least, and you think about how the planter technology is evolving and how people like, you know, uh, I don't want to mention other names, but you, you know, your, your readers all know, and listeners audience know who they are. You see so, so much awesome innovation, whether it's a SimPass or a Thrive 3D unit or whoever's technology you're watching, um, where we can uh, use technology, precision technology and other technology to begin to know where that um, uh, planner is. They, they, all the precision tech can be loaded into that. And we can start to put variable things on seeds as, it, as that planner moves through the field. So I think we're gonna see a step change in how seed coatings are applied. It's probably gonna be an assembly line as it moves across the field. And we wanna be in position to plug into all of that with the most efficient model going forward. I think it's going to be an extremely exciting place. I think those dealers and your, your audience that is selling that seed and providing that agronomic value proposition locally can help when things change with the biological condition and the weather, whatever it is, and can have that mentality to plug in both synthetic and biological active ingredients that control bugs, weeds, and diseases better based on where you are in the field, it's going to be wildly exciting, I think, Sean. So I think planter's assembly line is what the vision we see and where we see the billions of dollars of net new investment from really new players to the R&D world, the gene editors of the world. And if we have the brands and can get it there the most successfully and work really hard to get enough acres to then bring together these formulations and help the seed dealer capture value. That, that's what we see happening, Sean, over the next several business cycles. I like it. I like it. Um, obviously a pretty passionate guy, Rob, you, you, uh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak of, and, and have been around the industry long enough to know that there's going to be a lot more innovation coming down the pipe. I, I'm curious, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What, 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 what's the excitement piece that, that makes you go, 
I love what I do and I'm going to keep doing it. I love to be, I've been in a lot of boardrooms all over the world and I would rather be with a large farm business than any other place on the planet in my work life, at least. Um, so that is the amount of creativity and innovation that successful farm businesses are bringing together. Those people that let's just say have a major fixed asset and land and have other business that circle around that. So it's a different hybrid retailer of the future, spending time with them on how they're solving business problems and then being able to get them directly connected with a manufacturer and ship one truck to their farm versus four different stops for that same product. And seeing how that affects their income statement, that gets me out of bed in the morning, Sean. Well said, well said. Rob, thanks very much for uh, sitting down to have a chat today. It was great to catch up. Good luck with uh, continuing to grow the biz. Sean, we, uh, we are excited to grow it. We really value the relationship we're beginning to have here with your organization, the great work you guys do. Uh, for those, for your audience, uh, those folks that uh, have uh, uh, seed, seed dealerships and, and, and locales that want to look at a, a new business model, we certainly hope to uh, have a chance to connect with them as it makes sense. Super. Thanks again. Have a great day. You too, bud.